So this is the third week, right? The third week of this series we're calling We Are Family. Um, for some of you, it's the first time you've been here, so let me give you the real quick recap. Week one, we learned that family means we're accepted and that being accepted gives us a place. Last week, we talked about family means that we're connected and that being connected gives us power. So this morning, we're going to talk about family means we're expected. See how all these rhyme? Isn't that impressive? Like your pastoral skills are amazing. Not really, but I can use a thesaurus. It means that we're expected and that ex- being expected gives us purpose, which probably is not the word that you were thinking of. Like when we talk about expectations, we don't typically think, yeah, if I, know, if I have expectations of me, that gives me purpose. We might think of words like um, pressure, headache, stress. I was thinking about um, how expectations are kind of like death and taxes, right? We know they're coming, but we don't want to talk about them. And this is not new. Um, I think we, ha- we have a picture from something Shakespeare wrote. I don't think Shakespeare actually wrote this. Somebody made an image that, of something that he wrote. Expectation is the root of all heartache. So that's Shakespeare. And then as the years have gone on, um, how many of you just by a show of hands have ever had somebody, you've expected something and it didn't come through and it let you down? Just, I'm just curious if that's ever happened to anybody but me. Okay, all over the room. So as the years have gone on, Shakespeare, of course, has died, right? Just making sure you're with me. You know, you know he's dead, right? But his spirit lives on in the internet, doesn't it? And so people have kind of modified this. And I brought a couple of things. Like if you just went to Google and you started like, you know, if you just type in expectations and looked at images on, like on Google about expectations, you get a lot of good pop psychology, don't you? Here's some of the things that you'll get. Let's just walk through a few of these. The best way to avoid disappointment is not to expect anything from anyone. Share this if you agree. I don't know if they expected you to share that, but huh, see what I did there? Wow, already a tough crowd. Let's get a couple more. Sometimes you just have to lower your expectations to avoid unnecessary disappointments. Okay. Some of you actually may have shared some of these. I don't know. The secret of happiness is low expectations. Thank you, Barry Swartz. I like this one. Expectations are resentments under construction. God, that's like harsh, isn't it? And like we're all reading that going, dang, that's true. <laughs> Let's keep going couple more, I think. Keep calm and lower your expectations. I think that might be our last one. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Is there another one? I don't know. Nope. So here's the thing. Here's what I want you to get. If I say right up front that being family means that we're expected, then you know right away we're going to talk about expectations. And if I say to you that expectations can allow us to have purpose, we've got to kind of get through this right up front. Some of us hear the word expectation and already you're on the defensive. Already. I, I knew it. I love the gathering. I've been coming here for three months. I think this is going to be my church home because they don't ever demand anything of me. And I knew this sermon was coming. That's how that's where we could be. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm kind of right there, right? But I want you to understand something. Expectations have nothing to do with Jesus. You can be here this morning, not love Jesus, not love the church. You cannot like me. You cannot like the Bible. You can never read the Bible, and expectations are still a reality in your life. All of us have expectations every single day. Here's a few. I don't know what you talked about in your group, but I came up with some last night. We expect the lights to come on when you flip the switch, right? We expect the internet to work. We expect Google to steer us in the right direction. We expect our GPS devices to be accurate. 
One time out in Missouri, we wanted to go bowling, and so we typed in um, bowling, and we've, it said that we were going to go to Lana Bowling, and so we were like, that's a weird name, but whatever. So we followed the GPS into a neighborhood, and then my GPS said, your destination is on your right. And we were like, it's a house. It was Lana Bowling's house. <laughs> we didn't ask if we could roll balls in her house, nothing like that. We just left. Sometimes, like, you know, you expect your GPS to be correct, right? Sometimes even around Albemarle, I know where I'm going, and it tells me to go a different way. And I just like, what? Like, if I was a stranger here, I'd be lost with a GPS. We expect that thing to work. Um, I don't know about you, but I expect slow drivers to get in the right lane. Am I the only one? Okay. And, and I don't know what the, what the expected amount of time is, the right amount of time is to follow the driver before you either flash your lights, beep your horn, or just pass them and just like look at them as you're going by, which is a really safe driver move. <laughs> but that is, it's getting shorter for me. I don't wait too long. I can, Wendy, um, she expects a cup of freshly brewed coffee when I wake her up. And, and she gets it. Sorry, I should say that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I've been expecting it forever too. But no, she gets it. You know, like it's a rare occasion when I don't take her a cup of freshly brewed coffee. Now that we have a cure, it gets even easier. <laughs> we expect, um, and this, I'm going to, we're having some fun, but I'm going to go deep just real quick and then we'll pop back out, okay? We expect God to answer our prayers. Oh, hold on. <laughs> We expect God to answer our prayers the way we want him to. Okay? All right. Now let's pop back up and get some air. We expect the cable to work no matter how bad the weather is. Don't you? I mean, I talk to Nehemiah all the time. Nehemiah's like, you know, our cable guy here. And it's like, I don't have cable, but I know guys that do. Like, you know, like if, if it could be a blizzard and a tidal wave could come all the way from the ocean through Stanley County, we could have 10 feet of water standing and my cable better come on when I turn that TV on. It better work. Dude, what? Like the whole world is dying in like storms and people. It's, and my, I'm turning my cable on. It better work. We expect our cable to work. I mean, we expect a lot of things. Our issue, and I want you to think about this, our issue with expectations isn't that we have them. It's that others have them of us. We all have expectations. None of us have a problem with that. Where we struggle is that others have expectations of us. That's the part about expectations that we don't like. Um, families have expectations. I, we woke up Friday. The boys didn't have school. And um, I know how Will and Parker, they, I mean, they've got the whole day planned out, right? No school. So what are you going to do tomorrow? Sleep. they got a plan, right? They're going to sleep. They're going to chill, relax, chillax, right? Because they don't have school. So like, that's how I know what it is. So what I told them was, Look, early in the morning, I said, look, here's the deal. When they got up, I just want to say this right up front. Today, we got to get the sticks picked up in the yard. So I don't know when you want to work that into your day, but I just want you to know right up front, this is what I expect of you. Guess what that gave them for, for that Friday? Purpose, right? <laughs> and because Will's a smart young man, he went out and got the sticks picked up right away, so he had the rest of the day to do what he wanted to do. But if he didn't know that, and I just want to get, if he didn't know that, he wouldn't know what to do, Right? Expectations actually can provide us with purpose. Now, on the off chance that you're not convinced, i got one more thing to show you, then we'll dive into. By the way, you're holding a sheet of paper that has like six points. We're just going to do three today, so you can just take a deep, deep breath, right? Just deep breath, three of them. Let me just convince you one more time about how real expectations are. Follow me. 
Not that this would ever happen in my house. I'm just making this stuff up. You get up early on a hot summer day, and you go out into the yard. You. Just you. You pull the weeds. You stop for water occasionally. You crank up the push mower. You spend the next two hours pushing your grass and mowing your grass in the hot sun, taking occasional breaks every now and then just to kind of get a little bit of water. When you're done with that, you put the mower up. You get out the trimmer. You do the trimming. You do the edging. You do the blowing. Somewhere around 1230, you're hungry. You walk into the house, and the first thing you see when you walk into your, your house is what's on the screens right now. How do you react? I'll tell you how you react. Because you're not brave enough to say it. I'll say it for you. Get off that couch. Get up. There's stuff to be done. That's how you react. And you know why you react that way? Because all of us have expectations. And in the family, there are expectations. Now that you know that we all agree on that. Let's talk about the family of God. Because it's not just in our natural families, right? I don't know if you, I think I mentioned this before when we were going through, um, through Acts. When you see the word church in the Bible, if you've got an NIV and you're reading it, there's a lot of stuff in the New Testament about loving one another, all that stuff. And it'll talk about the church. And there are, there's a global church, right? Like this huge church, that, you know, Koshi's in India, and there's people in, all over the world that we'll never meet, but they're in the church. But in the New Testament, the majority of the time that you see the word church is talking about this. I mean, well, not the gathering. <laughs> they didn't like, yeah, I'm writing this for years on the road for the gathering. But they think of the local church. They're in reference to the local church. So we talk about the family of God. Yeah, there's a huge family that we'll never meet till we get to heaven. But then there's this local family of God. And a lot of things in the Bible that we read about that talk about church are talking about this. That's why this is so critical the family of God there's expectations even here in the local church I want to give you three this week I'll give you three next week okay you ready are you expecting a great message keep calm and lower your expectations here we go number one (laughs) I can't believe I got this word in here we're expected to show encouragingly now um any teachers here in the house okay Encouragingly is a word. I looked it up just to make sure. It's not a very often, we don't use it a lot, right? You usually like use the word encourage or encouraging, but encouragingly is a word. It's an adverb. And so here's the thing Can you imagine any scenario in which a family, not church family, just a family, me, Wendy, Parker, Will, Sydney, any scenario where we would gather and we do eat supper? More nights than not around the dinner table. So we gather around the dinner table. We at least eat together. Can you imagine any scenario where over, over a period of a month, every time we get together and meet and to eat, Will, Sidney, or Parker, one or, one or all of them just don't show up? And we just keep eating. I, I can't. I mean, and if you can, I'm glad I wasn't your kid. I can't imagine any scenario where a parent would actually be okay not knowing where their kids are. Part of being in a family is you're expected to show up, right? And then as your your children grow and they become teenagers, 
they've got other things on their mind, not that teenagers are bad, but sometimes, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but sometimes when you get together as a family, your teenagers don't want to be there. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so if you ever had a, had a teenager, and it doesn't have to be a teenager, any family member that just kind of endures the get-together, that's not fun, is it? Oh, you've never had that happen? It's not fun. So see, the goal is not even to have people show up. It's to have them show up encouragingly. To actually want to show up. Wendy asked me to go shopping one time. Do you want to go shopping? And I said, okay. And she said, I don't want you to go now. Wait, wait, you asked me to go shopping? I said, okay. And now you're saying not to go? This is a miracle. (laughs) And she said, well, you don't even want to be there. I didn't really want to shop with you. I just wanted to be with you. I want you to be with me. And it was like, oh, God, I can't win. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to win, right? I'm losing terribly. Because the issue with her was not like, yeah, can I drag you to the mall? It was, do you want to go with me? Do you want to be with me? I mean, it's, I don't want a church family that just shows up, right? We don't want that. I, I did that for years. You just show up, sit in a pew, and try to smile Look straight ahead, never say anything to anybody. We don't want that. Family of God shows up encouragingly. It's actually in the Bible. Um, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. This is the early church. Let me just read it to you real quick. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 47. It's a long chapter. That requires me to turn way too many pages. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is the picture of a thriving, vibrant, I can't believe we actually get to do this type of a church. Would you agree? Forty years later, just so we don't feel bad, okay, because I was raised in church. So like, you're like, I'm, I'm in it, man. That's fantastic. And that's usually how we feel the first two weeks at a new place. And it's like, oh, God, I hate this. I, just, I don't feel like I used to feel. Just so you know, it's not just an American thing. 40 years after that, was, that described the church, 40 years later in Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, the author of Hebrews had to write to the church and say this, don't give up meeting together. Like, so they're just like us. Everybody take a deep breath. At some point, the church is like, oh, I don't know, man. I guess I'll just show up. It's like, no, no, no. no. He's, the author is like, don't just show up. Like, hold on unswervingly to the hope that you profess. Consider how you can spur one another on to good works. Continue to get together all the more as tribulation approaches. The author's just like, man, don't stop this. Make sure you're the family of God. Show up and show up in a way that encourages other people. Couple thoughts and we'll move to number two. So often we get our motivation from big names in big places. I want you to know there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You're a big um, whatever fan of any big, huge pastor who preaches online, 
Man, watch them all you want. Get all the motivation you can from them. Tweet Furtick all day long. He says a lot of good stuff. So do a lot of other pastors. You can get all kinds of encouragement from all kinds of places from far away. But here's what, you, here's what I want you to get about the local church. Others can encourage us from a distance, but living in courage actually takes close relationships. Church attendance isn't about putting the time in as much as it's about valuing the time we get to put in. And you're among family. I woke up this morning, I was like, I get to go hang out with family today. I mean, some of you are really nice looking. Some of us aren't. We're appearance challenged. But I still, we still love each other. Get to hang out with you. And then I get to do it again at 11 o'clock. I, I wake up and I was like, I can't believe I get to go do this. I cannot believe I get to go and hang out with these people. That's what it means to be a family. So when we show up, I, I told Wendy, summer's the worst time for me, right? Because everybody goes to the beach. And I hate them when they go. I mean, I love them, but I hate them because they post pictures on Facebook. Here's our view for the week. I was like, here's your view for the week, you know. <laughs> Man, but it's not because you shouldn't go to the beach. It's because I feel like a dad who just misses his kids, right? And isn't that how family's supposed to be? Like, I miss, you miss your kids when they're not around. You miss family when they're not there. And being family means you're expected to show encouragingly. Number two, these are simple too. We're expected to grow steadily. Um, so using this whole analogy of real families, you have a baby. We just dedicated Kemp and Addison. And what would, it, what would happen if we came back three years from now and Kemp and Addison looked exactly the same? We would be like, it's so good to have you here. You're amazing. Like, then call the doctor, right? Something's not right. They're not growing like they're supposed to. Being in family means you're expected to grow, and you're expected to grow steadily. We would, we would think also something was wrong if next week Kemp came with a beard. Well, he's your son, so it's possible, right? But like, if, if for No Shave November, Kemp was like, had a Duck Dynasty beard going on, we would think, first, that is awesome, and can I Instagram that? And then second, take him to the doctor, because something's not right. We don't expect people to just grow fast. And we don't expect them not to grow. You expect your kids to grow at a steady, healthy rate. It's why in your house you probably maybe have like a door frame and it's got notches and pin marks where kids have been growing. We like to track that kind of stuff. That's what family's all about. Family expects people to grow steadily. It's exactly the same in, in the Bible. Let me just give you three verses. Um, we, won't, we won't read them all right now, but you can just look them up. Ephesians 4.15. Paul writes, he, he expects the church to, in all things, grow up. In all things, grow up. Ephesians 4.15. 2 Peter 3.18 talks about growing in grace. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18. Um, Paul writes that he expects us to go from glory to glory. And now let me tell you what glory to glory feels like. Glory to glory feels like the Panthers win one Sunday, glory. Right? Right? 
and then they do it again. <laughs> like as a Panthers fan, we've never had that. We've never, you know, the Panthers in 20 years of existence have never had a, two winning seasons back to back. So their entire existence has been glory, 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 glory. But in, in Christianity, in our faith, in the family of God, he didn't expect it to be like this. He expects us to go from glory to glory. Now, there could be some gory in there, right? We've had bad days. We talked about that during the Blessed series. But the overall trend is one going up because we're growing. See how that works? God expects the family to grow steadily. When you're here at the gathering, we expect you to grow steadily. If you're a part of a community group, this week, you'll get to talk about that in your group. There's a question. Just, hey, take a look back at your walk with Jesus. And where are some areas that you see that you have been growing? It's not normal to be in the family of God and be exactly the same year after year after year. But we accept it. And we shouldn't. Because you wouldn't accept that with your kids. And neither does God with his Number three, we're expected to know increasingly. This is a lot like the, the second point, but we're expected to know increasingly. I remember when um, Parker, Will, and Sydney, I'm talking about you a lot today, Will, I'm sorry. I I'm not putting you on the spot, but I remember when they started school, I remember the first time that they got two plus two equals four. Remember that? Well, you weren't with me then in my house, but you know what I'm saying. Remember when your kids get that? They get like this simple concept. I don't know why it is like when they're small, we start with really simple things like, he pooped. <laughs> and you're saying that in the restaurant to whoever listens, right? They're like coming back going, he peed in the body. The Cheerio game is working. She smiled. She breathed. She pooped. We celebrate these simple concepts. They go to school and like two plus two equals, they're thinking, four. Yes! Yeah! That's my girl! But then they're in high school. They're taking chemistry and physics and algebra. You know what we don't celebrate in our house? Will comes home and he's like, I don't get this stuff, but two plus two is four. Good job, buddy. At some point, you're at a level here, you and me, the collective you, we're at this level here, and it's cool early on. But when you're in a family, you expect the family to know increasingly. There's a verse in the Bible, Jesus said that the kind of worshipers that God is after are those that worship in spirit. You know, Pentecostal churches are all about spirit, right? Oh, yeah, bring the spirit on. It's like, dude, that's the wrong spirit. But he said there's worship in spirit and in truth. It's not one or the other, it's both. He expects his children to grow in their knowledge. A few verses to write down. We already mentioned 2 Peter 3.18. talks about growing in grace, but it also talks about growing in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Studying. 
1 Peter 3.15 says that we're always supposed to be ready to give an answer about our hope to everyone who asks. Which, I mean, I could cause a panic attack right now, couldn't I? If we just brought somebody in and I just told them, like, just randomly go up to anybody and ask them, so why do you believe in Jesus? It's like, I don't know if you're like me, but if somebody asks me for directions, I just go blank. Is it just me? Is it a personal problem? <laughs> you could ask me right now, where is Starnes Jewelers? And I'd be like, uh, it's right there. Let's go blank. Because the pressure, right? Oh, God, I've got to have an answer. I've got to have an answer. I get that you feel this pressure. That verse in 2 Peter 3.15 says we're supposed to always be ready. I mean, at the drop of a hat to give an answer for the hope that we have. To everyone who asks. There's no way to do that unless you're growing in your knowledge, correct? Unless you're studying. I know people right now that couldn't tell me a lick about any facts that matter at all in everyday life. But they have got their fancy football lineup set for today. And they could tell you every stat of every player on that roster and why they're starting this player versus that player. Well, I can't memorize scripture. Yeah, you can. Because you just memorize pointless stats. You can do this. Children do this. 2 Timothy 2.15 it says, do your best to show yourself approved. The King James Version says, study to show yourself approved, which might be why we don't use the King James Version. I don't know, because it says study. <laughs> 2 Timothy 4.2 says to be prepared in season and out of season. God takes growing in knowledge so seriously that he, he had the writer of Hebrews write these words. From the Message Bible. I just want you to listen to this. From the Message Bible. To correct the readers for not growing in what they knew. Here's what he wrote. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14. In the Message Bible says, says this. I have a lot more to say about this. But it's hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. By the way, he didn't write this. I'm saying this as your pastor. I know these are harsh verses. Okay. I'm, I'm not up here like, y'all stink. <laughs> okay. You're great. You're great. I love you. I love what Jesus is doing in your life. But the author of Hebrews also loved the believers he was writing to. Okay? So it's, it's, sometimes it's easy to kind of go, well, you're such a jerk. <laughs> I'm just reading, right? I'm just reading. Take it up with God. He says, I, I want to I say more about this, but it's hard to get across since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here, I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. What does it mean to say we're family? We're family means that we're expected. It means that we're expected to show up. We're expected to grow up. We're expected to know up. That doesn't really work, but you know what I'm saying. We're expected to do these things. It's important because expectations, these are expectations God has of us. Let me teach you a German word, and then we'll wrap up. You want to learn some German? German is fun because when you say it, you can spit on people, okay? 
There's this really awesome German word that describes how people feel when they don't know what's expected of them, okay? They feel something, they don't know what's expected of them, and so like, I don't know if I'm winning, losing, succeeding, failing, and there's this word, this Greek, this, um, German word that describes that perfectly, and here's the word, it's, it's angst. It's a great word. And I mean, it's got, you can load your mouth up with spit and be like, I feel so much angst. <laughs> right? You want to try it? Let's try it. It'll be fun. We're almost wrap, we're wrapping up right now. You're going to get out early for brunch. So I feel so much angst. You can do better. I'm going to just do it until you do better, okay? Get some spit in your mouth. Really get that. Build it up in the back. Get it up there, okay? Ready? Here we go. I feel so much angst. I love that. You really did spit on her. That was fantastic. Let me, let me give you the big idea. Because God doesn't want you to live with angst. He doesn't want you to live with that kind of dread, right? He wants us to know how we're doing. So here's your big idea today. When we stress expectations, we can expect less stress. Let me just say it again. When we stress expectations, we can expect less stress. <laughs> so many times I've, um, you know, you're at home and... You go back to that, don't go back to it, but that picture of the guy on the couch, you walk in from working in the yard and you see that, you feel angst because like, what's wrong with this kid? You really feel angst if he's not even in your family, but let's assume he's in your family. You're like, what is wrong with my kid? And your kid might feel some angst because he's like, I, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be laying here on the couch while dad's working his tail off in the yard, but he's never really told me to help him, so I don't know if I'm supposed to help him. So I'm just going to keep eating these chips. There's a lot of angst going on there, right? And the way to cut through all that is to make clear what's expected. And, and we can have issues with God all day long about the fact that he made it clear. But I'm just letting you know, I'm really thankful he did. Because at the end of the day, as I'm following Jesus, I just want to be able to kind of look at this and go, I know, what I'm, I know what's expected of me. When, when you go to Discover the Gathering on November the 2nd, and you hang out with Wendy, and she teaches you like more about what our church believes, which I think is awesome. She's got 15 people going to discover the gathering this coming time, and maybe you, know, you can go too. But here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear like, this is what we expect, and this is what you can expect from us as well. And so being in the family, these are the expectations that we have, and we don't do it so that you'll walk around going, God, I feel even more pressure to be a certain way. No, we do it so that we alleviate all that stress. When you stress expectations and everybody knows what's expected, you can expect less stress. It's a big deal. Knowing that we're expected as a family of God to show, grow, and know relieves the angst of not knowing how we're doing. So here's the deal. This morning when we leave, you can leave 100% sure of what it means to be a part of the family. You can leave 100% sure of what it means to be a part of this family. Or at least half of what it means. So you can be 50% confident that you're doing 100% confident you're doing 50% of the things. I'm just messing with you. I'm trying to confuse you. Did I do a good job? Like you've been confusing me for 30 minutes. Shut up. So next week when you come back, next week we'll talk about the next three. Okay? And everybody say thank you. 
Because I love you so much that I split this in half. Wasn't that nice of me? I thought that was a nice thing for me to do, right? I'm such a good pastor. You should close your, close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment. Um, I know that this can, this can feel, well, it can feel uncomfortable to talk about what we expect. Because right away, it, it opens the door that we could possibly be like one of those churches that expects things and we're disappointed. We don't want to be those people, do we? We don't want to be those churches that, that always walk around upset, hurt, mad, bitter because we expected something and never told people what it was. Man, we want people to feel the, the, the freedom, the power that comes from saying, man, I, I know at the gathering they're counting on me. We need you. You need us. It's the family. We're counting on you. We're counting on you to show up in such a way that people are encouraged because you're here. We're expecting you to grow up. Just like you expect me to probably become a better preacher. <laughs> we expect you to grow up in your walk with Jesus. Man, we expect you to know increasingly, just know more and more, to, to study. We, we give you as much material as we can to help you grow in that area. Every outline that we have is online. Every sermon is on video, not because we think we're amazing, but because we want to give you whatever we can give you so you can continue to grow in your knowledge of Jesus. And at the end of the day, I want you to know this before we pray. I love it when people look at me and expect greatness from me. I love that. I love it when I would have a coach that would look at me and he would not be content for me to sit on the bench. He would expect me to be great. And they would just kind of call that out and pull that out of you. I had a teacher one time who expected me to be great. And in college, I made an A++++ on a final exam. And it was a real test. And I studied my tail off for that test because she expected greatness from me. And I delivered. God doesn't expect great things from us because he wants to put pressure on us. He expects greatness from us because he sees himself in us. And we are so thrilled to have you in the family to help call that out of you. I want to pray for you that you would walk out of this place this morning with your head up, with your shoulders back and your chest out. You would know without a doubt that you walk with purpose because there's a God and a family of God that expects greatness in you.